Hey folks, welcome in uh, to Pro Football Ireland, the PFI College Football Show. As we get set for the College Football Playoff semi-finals, coming up New Year's Day, another excuse to annoy your family by saying, I have to watch more football on television. Michael McQuaid, Dark Harder, Connell Diggin, and obviously a very, very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone listening. I, there's no armah sort of slang on this star, so I'm just going to uh, wish Connell uh, a Kerry Christmas. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, Thank you. Thanks to the mother for <laughs> this nice little half sip now. <laughs> Provided, gents, that um, we are talking college football, I guess, just starting with you, Dara, have, have you had a chance to watch much of these bowl games? Because in the time that we've last recorded, we've got bowl games, we've had Heisman champions, etc. And obviously things that we're going to talk about in a minute that have transcended away, not, not just outside of college football, but I remember my family brought up the current situation with me at Christmas, and I was like, "This is this is really interesting." But what's um what's Christmas like in your respective counties? Trying to watch football, college football, the works starting with yourself, start. Yeah, well, it's been a big sort of NFL month. Um, suppose the bowl games ramp up now after Christmas. I mean, you have bowl games there, but they're usually unranked teams, and I think the first ranked team is out on Thursday. It's going to be Louisville. I think, or USC, or maybe both, I don't know. Um, USC is oh, on right. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, right. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so, like, it's sort of been a bigger NFL month, but it is college football just kind of peeps its head back through the door uh, for a week or two after Christmas. And I think this time of year is kind of when people who aren't, who aren't into the sport get into the sport because it's, like, these games for for us in Ireland are like it's as good of a time as you're going to get for college football games you know like New Year's Day at 8pm that's the Alabama game I think which we're going to get into like that's prime viewing and then you have people you know if your NFL team is in the bin at the minute and you think all you can think about is the draft then that you know you want to see some of these prospects so uh, for me personally this is probably the time of year when I originally got into college football and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people as well yeah for me Connell, it's very much like I obviously live with my wife. And my wife is very supportive, but she asked me at the time of recording last night to make sure she's not listening here. Um, <laughs> what are we doing on New Year's Eve? And I said, we're not doing anything in New Year's Eve. We're both in our early 30s and we've no need to, knowing damn rightly that there's bowl games on and the NFL is also on that weekend. Never mind the fact this is on New Year's Day as well. Um, so hopefully she hasn't heard that because I know for a fact she doesn't listen to this podcast, but. I think a lot of people are in the same boat. It's not easy. Like, I mean, you boys are younger than me. It's not, you see if you go out like this, especially trying to, you know, help people and make people feel more relaxed. Also, Connell, not a good time to cancel TNT Sports, which I've just done uh, this week. That's a whole different conversation off, off camera. But it's an exciting time because we we're talking off camera, but the Super Bowl, we're just over a week out from the championship game as well here. So it's the best time of the year. Oh, like I mean, the the amount of stuff that's happening in college football now. I mean, you know, you get your random tweets of some guy who's like, "Oh, I'm declaring for the draft," or "I've entered the transfer portal," and then you see all your you know guys moving around, and you can kind of look at a team for the future, and you can be like, "Okay, like going into next year, I know they're not playing now, but they could be really good." And then you have all the teams who, you know, they have some draft prospects. You know, like I think Notre Dame are playing against Oregon State at some point uh, this week, and that's going to be a really good game. 
Yeah, no, 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 that one. Yeah, that's the it's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's I think that's going to be a really good game because there's some you know very good draftable players on both teams there. So it's kind of like you do get to see best of the best going up against each other, especially in these later bowl games as well. So that that should be good fun. Dar, I remember having a, a little in 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 pro football Ireland's infancy last year doing it at, at social media reel where. I said that we should have a bowl game in Dublin. Um, now, obviously, it would be hard to do that around Christmas, but certainly from looking at some of the names here, I don't know if you boys have any favourite bowl names that you've seen. I think one of them was a potato one or something over the last two yeah. weeks. Yeah, there's the that famous, bowl, famous Idaho potato bowl. Yeah, Famous Idaho potato bowl. And like the Pop-Tarts one where there's literally <laughs> two different like little blank slots at the top of the, of the trophy where you can put Pop-Tarts. Look... I'll just put it out there, boys. Pop tarts. I don't get the hype. I mean, you never have one. Yeah, I've never had one either. Sorry, I actually did. I had one in in, in MetLife Stadium, and also don't get the hype. No, it wasn't great. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it up. In in the last three weeks, from when this podcast was last recorded, Dara won the equivalent of the CFB playoff in his county, and also, uh, or in his province, and also ended up going to MetLife and. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Dara for all the retweets. Massively appreciate that. There's week. public shout out. Connell, have you any famous or um, favorite bowl names, or would you make one up straight up? I mean, if if there was a bowl game in Ireland, like the Kerry Gold Bowl, sounds like a, an interesting marketing opportunity for certain brands. The, it would be like what the Kerry Gold like uh, butter like plate or whatever you call it, uh, butter dish, <laughs> and they just give you like. Instead of it being like a big trophy, it's just a tiny little butter dish with with lovely Kerrygold on it. That would probably be the best we'd get out of it. But I think, like looking through some of the names, I mean, you have the Cricket Celebration Bowl, which is I think is like an FBS or like a Division Two or Three bowl. Like that's against Howard and Florida A and M. You always have probably the greatest all time, the greatest celebration of all time, which is the Duke's Mayo Bowl, where they instead of putting the um like Gatorade or whatever on the coach they just pour uh, a big thing of mayonnaise all over the coach which I think is honestly one of the best things I've ever I, seen I suggest we bring that bowl game to Castle Bar and make it the, the mayo mayo bowl on them um, and, and uh, for marketing purposes only we can all head and and, and we can do a, like a game day style show before it Get on the get on the jukes about about maybe relocation. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing is though, and this is the thing that has changed since we last recorded. Um, the NFL have obviously now I think it was the 14th or 16th of December. Um, the owners have approved up to double the amount of international games a year from 2025. So, I guess hypothetically, if it came to the point where it was, you know, eat the spread, drink this cup, please Jesus, an NFL game on the island of Ireland at some point in the future. It would be awesome to see a bowl game because I think it would obviously bring it to the next level. But then we also don't know the teams that are going to play. I guess that makes it more difficult long-term because you've only got two or three weeks to get it sorted. But, like, it, it would be awesome. Like, why not do it? The, the Arlingas Bowl. Make it happen. New Year's Eve. Seven o'clock. Imagine, imagine the pubs after that, boys. Imagine the hotels. <laughs> We're gone. We're gone. Um... Have you boys booked your hotel yet for this FSU Georgia Tech game? Or no, um, I wasn't going out for it last year. <laughs> Leave that with me, gents, and we'll we will talk about that off camera. Talking about yeah, that, we're, waiting, we're just... waiting on you, Michael. We're, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a wee while on that, but I'll, 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 I'll sort it out. Um, talk about, I literally just remembered that when I said FSU. I know it's like four weeks old now, but I, for the first time ever, like obviously I sit on Twitter and look at it, but for the first time ever, I sat down and I watched the selection show. I don't know why it takes them half an hour to say. Yeah, it's it's just worse than like the Champions League draw. It's it's a terrible viewing experience. Um, it's I like watching Gator No Deal. It could be done in three yeah. minutes. Open the boxes and get it done with. Um, I'd look like I know I know it's almost old news now, but I like we've been taxing a wee bit. I'd I'd sort of I'd, I'd love to hear your boys' thoughts on just how FSG were obviously left out with thirteen wins, not in the top four. I'm not even going to sit here and say I'm in a position to commentate on this. I just find the whole thing intriguing as i said somebody in my family brought it up at christmas and it's it has Dara, I, and this is for people listening in the states especially it has almost transcended among general even low-key nfl fans in ireland and europe because these are people that might not look at the college game but now even that is becoming a story obviously it's not going to be an issue next year with the playoff but do you think the right decision was made um <laughs> <laughs> you're you're putting me you're setting me up for failure there uh i, I don't I, think the right decision was made i think if you win 13 games out you should be in the top four there that, that I've, I've put you on the spot but i'm not putting myself on the spot if it helps per- personally my take is not the more popular one but i think it's right it's not ethically right but it's what should it, it, it is right though it's it's what should have been the decision made look um my take on it is that I feel terrible for Florida State. I feel terrible for their players and for their fans and for their coaches, especially the players. Like you've gone all season, we've won every game, you've done everything that's been asked of you, and now that's it, you're done. But also, it's not as if this isn't what the committee has always been about. The committee has always been the best four teams, and you can blame the structure of the sport fine. But given the structure that is currently in the sport, this was what the decision is made. It's the best four teams. And you can say, well, how is it like be be objective for two seconds and ask yourself, are Florida State one of the best four teams in the sport? And I don't think I don't think they're even one of the best five. I think Georgia are also better than them. Um, it's like I was never overly high on them, even with Jordan Travis. But obviously, if the situation was Travis was healthy, they would be in this playoff. Um, it it's the short straw. It's sort of hilarious how we got this far without this ever becoming an issue in the fourteen format. As I now go to the expanded playoff, where this won't really be an issue again. Although you could argue, you know, you just push everyone down one, and then does it become another issue? But yeah, um, it's unfortunate that it had to happen. It's the playoff committee's worst nightmare. It's ESPN's worst nightmare. All that, but also there was no possible way that they were going to leave an sec champion out of this especially not alabama <laughs> um but yeah like i know people are are annoyed people are, are pissed off at it but listen the best four teams are in the playoff it's maybe the best playoff field in terms of like how even it is that we've ever had Um, you know you don't have that juggernaut alabama aren't the old alabama you don't have the kirby smart georgia teams in it you don't have uh, Trevor Lawrence Clemson teams in it you know this is um, the most balanced playoff field we've ever had and I I can't help but feel that if you were to include Florida State in this yeah they deserve it it just would have ended up like another um, you know blowout semi-final over at half time and everyone asks why were they here to begin with 
Um, going on what Dara said, Connolly, you talk about fans not being happy. You boys haven't seen the DMs for Pro Football Ireland last week. I'm telling you, I haven't even shared them with you. There was a point three weeks ago where anything we tweeted, I had to hide the replies because it was people putting uh, Kirk's picture as a clown, automatic responses saying, so many months to the next FSU game, Dublin, etc., etc. I'll publicly say it. I'm excited to see um, game day come to Dublin, and I think it'll be a decent matchup to start the season, especially with all that's going on now. It's yes, there is a bowl game for FSU, but this is their next game after all this hype, and we've seen everything that's going off off the off the field. And I think for us to have that sort of microscope put in Dublin for the week is going to be pretty cool. So it definitely adds an extra edge to it. I think the bigger story, Dara, is. Um, Notre Dame not getting the LSU in a, in a bowl game. I would I would have enjoyed that. That would have been far better crack. Connell, it's it's almost like Kerry um starting off the championship, getting knocked out in the first round, David Clifford going down and them struggling through the Super Eights or whatever I can't remember what it's called, losing two out of three in the round robin and somehow struggling to win the last game and then getting to like the semifinals. It, it, isn't that what it's like? Because it can happen in the Gaelic. I mean, I think you know the the whole thing that I have to think about is like no matter what, like someone someone was gonna be unhappy. Like that's that's like, hang on, there's a phone going here. This is this is, this is class. I'm not editing this. This is this is, this is keep your lip. <laughs> it's still going. Is that the NPR ring in here? Or what's the cracker? Um, I think it it could be um the college football Ireland maybe ringing me and being like, hey, just make sure you don't say anything bad about Florida State. <laughs> we want people to come to our game next Big year. Up to college football Ireland. Big up. Yeah, thank thank you very much, guys. Uh, we will be there next year. But I think what made it very funny is like so someone was gonna get upset no matter what. And I think honestly, probably the thing that would have upset people the least is like probably Alabama not getting in but they probably deserve to get in of the teams there probably the most considering they beat Georgia in what I think it was a 20 something 30 something game winning streak so it was like they they if you beat them they were going to get in right that was how it was always going to be and then Michigan and uh, Washington were always going to get in if they won their games which they did and then it was like okay so who between the last three gets in and I think you probably you could make a case for Georgia you could make a case for Texas and you could make a case for Florida State and to be honest I'd probably pick Georgia over Florida State and Florida State over Texas which I think maybe is a like a little bit controversial but I do think it's like if you're going three best teams I don't see how uh, Georgia isn't better than Texas like I know Texas beat Alabama and you could have the whole thing of like this this result happened so that means they're better and xyz but then that also means like Oklahoma is better and whatever but that's that's not how it worked out and everything like that but I do think it's it's something that we'll look forward to and it's it's going to be the last time that this really can happen simply because of how the the playoffs are expanding and everything like that and you know maybe it's expanding a little bit too big I think eight teams is, is probably a better number than what is it it's going to be 12 12 but I, yeah, twelve is is a little bit too much. Like that's nearly half of the, you know, the teams basically who are ranked getting in, which is you know maybe could lead to could lead to some upsets. I think, but it it it's I think it's less interesting as an overall thing. Maybe 
Yeah, just quickly, just jump in on that. Uh, two things. The first one is, yeah, that game day in Dublin is going to be pretty hilarious. I I don't know how that's going to end up. Um, You're making the picks out there, boy. I tell oh, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guest picker. Yeah, you, you and uh, what do you, what is uh, Patrick Football or whatever? Uh, uh, here, I, I am calling it right now. It'll be somebody we've never heard of, but they're from like Mayo and they've been in two movies in the last 20 years. Yeah, no, it, it, it would have to. I think it has to be someone who. What it's, is it? A Florida State home game or a Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech home game? Georgia Tech. Okay, so so they're gonna have some big celebrity come over and pick the team. Then like that's what AJ, it's gonna be. AJ Styles or is he? No, I don't know. Um, he might be Just Georgia. Bring, P- bring PFT commentator. Back yeah, yeah, he would actually be pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll the be awesome. Thing. The, the other thing I wanted to mention was um, you talk about going to the 12-team playoff next year. It's going to be really weird on Selection Day when we're talking about, like, should Louisville get in? You know, yeah. like, who cares about these teams, you know? Like, I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but, like, it, it's going to be it's weird. Too, on, it's too big. It's too big. Yeah, because not... on cha- the last week of the year is Championship Week, and you're going to have games between, like, Georgia and Alabama where both teams are in no matter what, and we're sitting saying, oh, Will uh, like I don't know Kentucky make the playoff and they're they're sitting at home like it seems really weird. <laughs> there's a good chance as well you could have a case where like five like SEC teams, especially with expansion of both con- both the Big Ten and SEC, where like five teams like there's a realistic chance that they could make it in the top twelve because yeah. you know you could have some you know eleven and one or a ten and two you know. Um, like a Mac team or something like that, but people would be like, oh, well, they're not as good as, you know, let's say LSU, for example, who could squeak into the 12 instead of the Mac team. You could have like a, like a nine and three Missouri and their three losses come to Georgia, Alabama and Texas. Like what do you even do there? You know, <laughs> like, this, this, I, like I, I get what you're saying about the last week. And yeah, look, it's, it's going to be a situation where people just aren't happy no matter what, because you're never no. going to please everybody. But like, Imagine a team that is nine three and say they're ranked twelve or eleven or whatever goes and wins it or gets gets to the final. You know, it's I like it. I think it should be sixteen. No, I'm just taking the piss now. Like that. I, I I think it should be sixteen. I think for all these different conferences, you should have a minimum amount of teams, and that maybe might take away the bias towards certain conferences. I think that's what should happen personally. But I mean, going back a second ago as well, Dara, just because we we will talk about these games now. But going back on what you said about the Georgia Tech thing as well. It'll be interesting to see who it is. I'm sure it'll be somebody weird, but the tickets for that game, I seen this the other day. This is where we have no financial association with this game, unfortunately. But like I just seen it on an email. Um, just so people are aware of it themselves as fans. And um, March the 14th, tickets go on sale for that game in Dublin. Hopefully, let's see if we can get certain things going in the off season. I'm sure we can uh, go down and Dar will serenade Pat McAfee on Radio Row to get him on the Thanks. <laughs> That's my biggest regret. Literally was on a, what's it called? Elevator. There's two elevators up. AJ Hawk, Pat McAfee one side. And we ended up talking about hurling for 45 seconds. <laughs> Should I not have mentioned something else? Anyway. anyway, um, There's so many different games over the next few days. By the time you've listened to this, there's been three or four bowl games since Stevens Day, since Boxing Day. We're, we're, wherever you are, um, you got the Pinstripe, Pop-Tarts, Alabama, Arizona Barstool Bowl, among many others, uh, Citrus Bowl over the next few days. And there's an absolute heap of college football on TV as well, which is great to see, even whenever the NFL is on at the weekends, they're putting on at the same time. It is on Sky Sports in Ireland and the UK. Um, let's talk about the Rose Bowl. 
uh, Alabama, Michigan, seven o'clock, I believe, on New Year's Day. That's that's tight. Eh? Like you know, obviously for a start, New Year's Eve you could have a, a quiet or a very very big night, and seven o'clock is is you know tuck me in territory, and that's nice. Put the fire on, boys. Michigan thirteen and zero on the season. Alabama twelve and one, and Dara uh, Connell mentioned it there uh, just a wee while ago. Just the way that Alabama won that final game in the SEC championship was so impressive. I, I I thought an end in that run, but when you're playing a team like Michigan and everything that they have on their back all season with everyone talking around them, like this is a hell of a game. And I this is why I like the top four at the end of it, even though I said a minute ago I think the FSU should have been rated, that we've got these two games. Now the offense hasn't been at its best for Michigan over the last few weeks. Obviously, Harbour's been talking around that there. But this is a real game where you just don't know what you're going to get because both teams are just so good. I feel like Michigan are going to go out and on the offense maybe put up 7 to 10 points more on average over four quarters than Alabama. But at the same time, you can never cut out the Crimson Tide. Um, Pro Football Ireland generally, not as college football, is presented by Aided Sports. So you can get the odds on there, 18+. plus. Be gamble aware. If, if you were putting one euro or pounds or shilling on this game Dara. what would you do and why um well it would probably go on alabama because they're underdogs and this game is impossible to tell so i'll just pick the underdog because i think these teams are 50 50 and i don't really think there should be an underdog in this game if i'm being quite honest um yeah so this is maybe um one of the hardest games of the year call uh as um, you look at the two teams, there's very little to separate them. Obviously, Alabama are the, uh, oh, sorry, Michigan are the better defense, and and Alabama will probably struggle to put up points. But then again, you give Nick Saban three weeks or four weeks to prepare for any opponent, and he's going to make it a nightmare for your offense. So I think the over under total for this game is in the forties, which sounds about right. Um. You're probably just gonna like twenty or twenty or twenty five points might be enough to win this game, um. So yeah, it's gonna come down to a f- couple of key factors, and um, you've got a uh, the two Alabama cornerbacks, and the, their uh, secondary is probably the best in college football. Uh, Caleb Downs and um, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold. Uh, if you're looking for draft prospects in this game, McKinstry and Arnold, the two outside corners, are probably maybe cornerback one and three in the upcoming draft. So that's two names to look out for. Um, I think, you know, it's going to come down to if J.J. McCarthy can get the ball moving on offense. And if he can't, you know, it's, I, I like Alabama's pedigree in games like this. You know, you've got McCarthy is hasn't really been needed as, you know, shoulder the load in big moments this year. You could argue maybe against Ohio State he did, but... As a whole, all year it's been you know relying on a defense that just gets the job done every week, um, and I think you know it. It's a weird game because they're two really good teams, but I'm finding it hard to see both teams have any kind of offensive success in this game. Maybe um I could be completely right, and we could see a nine three or nine six kind of game in that kind of respect. But you know these two defenses are probably better than the two offenses and. I'm struggling to see unless Michigan can bring a really aggressive Russian attack and just completely out physical Alabama. 
that would maybe be their key to success. On the bottom side of the ball, their entire offense kind of roams or floats around um, Jalen Milrow just kind of doing his own thing and getting it done. Uh, the other key player for this Alabama offense, Jace McClellan, is questionable, I think, with a foot injury for this. So he's their running back, and he's a really, really strong asset when they have him. They didn't have him for the Georgia game and the SEC championship. And if they did, I think they'd probably end up winning that game by a lot more. Connell Dar mentioned a bit about the Michigan run game there. Uh, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards have combined 1,400 yards on the season. You mentioned some of those stars on the defense for Alabama. This is it's, it's it's a really really fun game in prospect, but at the end of the day, when there's four teams left, there's always going to be a, a, an interesting prospect coming up. Yeah, and I think you know some of the stuff that Derek said, like this, I think this is going to be the most interesting game because I think it's it's going to be kind of fought on like a knife edge where neither team is like they're going to play a little bit conservatively because they know like if they make a mistake, the other team is going to punish them because they're just that good, and like it's probably two of the top you know three. Um, programs basically of all time in Alabama and Michigan you have probably you know two you have probably the best head coach and then you're in college football and then a top five head coach with Jim Harbaugh as well like you're there there's really nothing to separate them they have all the money in the world to spend on their you know athletics on their athletics if they want to it's literally just kind of going to come down to which defense can come up big in moments and which offense can just keep the, the clock and keep the the scoreboard taking over because that's that's what's really gonna you know show what this game can be and like both teams are just they're stacked with talent basically in every single position offensive line for both teams is really strong you know neither has you know really a massive weakness that you pinpoint and be like okay maybe they can be you know point pick, picked apart at this position like there's not really anything wrong with either team and that's what makes it kind of difficult to to pick who's going to win and I think it's going to be I'd probably similar to Dara I'd lean with um Alabama because I just think you know you're you're looking at it and they've you know they've been here before they know what they're doing and I think you know if you put Michigan up against either of the other two teams in the playoff like they more than likely win that game but it's just they're playing Alabama who you know, have already beaten the best team, one of the best teams we've ever seen the last few years. You know, they keep winning games basically for as long as they have done. Um, you know, they, it's an old school Alabama team where the defense is really the main focus. You know, you're not looking at the offense and being like, oh, look at this quarterback. Let's see what he can do. Like we have the last few years. Like it is, it is really just an old school. Like the defense is going to do its job. If you're on offense, make big plays when you can, but just, you know, run the ball, waste some clock and just do what you can, basically. So I think Alabama wins uh, at the end of this game. And as Dara said, I mean, their secondary is really, really stacked. So we've got two Alabama One other wins. thing. Briefly, sorry. Um, in terms of this game, it's weird to see Alabama go into a playoff with little expectations compared to their opponent. Usually Alabama's the big dogs in these kind of games. And now they're underdogs. Saban has, like, one of the greatest uh, underdog records of any coach you'll ever see. Like he just lives for being the underdog, even if it only happens and maybe once every two or three years. Um, but yeah, like if you're looking at this game, I think it's cool to see that dynamic where Michigan, a loss for Michigan is a disappointing season. You know, this season was kind of at least championship game or bust, maybe not championship, but you know, get to this, the playoff final, you know? And so, so far, obviously everything's been on track for them, but I, I can't help but feel that 
their fans come away hugely disappointed and almost see this as a wasted season if they can't get over this line. It's kind of hilarious. Like this is maybe Saban's finest hour. This this is his worst team he's ever brought to a playoff. I think, in my opinion, um, in terms of quarterback, uh, like like look at the quarterbacks he's brought to the playoffs. He's brought a. Uh, Jalen Hurts, um, Mac Jones, obviously, he's an NFL talent. I don't think Milrose and Tua and Bryce Young, I don't think Milrose anywhere near the caliber of players that those guys were. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of interesting in that respect that it's Saban almost just pushing this team like it's his last kind of big run and who knows how many more years he has left. Finally, if you've never watched college football before and this is your first time, this game's in the Rose Bowl, which is hands down the coolest football scene that you'll ever see uh the sunsets and the stadium split directly in half in terms of the fans the colors there's flyovers flags it's it's one of the coolest experiences you'd ever get to watch even if you're watching it on tv thousands of miles away yeah i i want to say that it hosted either the first or second super bowl i'm gonna get yeah. that one now. i hosted the first yeah. one the first one that they yeah. couldn't find the video footage for for years and then no, just for people that aren't in this first one that was calcium go back go. I yeah. oh there we go there we go the rose bowl was the rose bowl oh, was definitely was. one of the bills ones yeah one, one of the one many bills ones that they yeah one of the four play. in a row <laughs> uh, just yeah. so hold on so two alabama one michigan yeah I'd go alabama yeah like oh, it really yeah. like i don't mind being wrong on this one like it it is really like I do think there's a good chance whoever wins this game is the favorite for the for the, the championship game, more than likely. Definitely get Mark Hogan to make you a graphic and speak of your faces on it for that. And um, for people that are people people that are NFL fans, not college football fans, but are also soccer fans, I guess the one thing I'd say in terms of what Dara said, in terms of um if this is next Saban sort of finest hour with the quality of team that he has, you boys might be a bit young to remember this, but I remember going to a Champions League semi-final with John Lachey as a captain for Man United. Like the way Alex Ferguson had that United team at the very, very end was a disgrace. Looking back on how he won the league with that team, so it's been done in different sports. I know it's completely yeah. different, but just a little example, and they've been crap ever since. But it, it feels like two different things. It, how ironic would it be after all the fallout we just talked about with FSU, etc., if Alabama did get and won the whole thing? But then also, I'm just ready for Harbour flirtation stadium or flirtation season sorry uh over the next month and i can't wait to see him sign an even bigger deal with michigan after everything uh come come the first week of march so sugar bowl new orleans in the superdome that's actually the site of the super bowl next year texas against washington boys 10 11 o'clock at night that's that's difficult now if i sit up to three in the morning watching the bills against the chargers a few weeks ago and Never mind the Packers and the Giants, Dara. I, I'll, I'll I'll take it and move on there. Um, Washington have been, as you boys know, and as most people that watch college football know, they've been superb this season. They lead the entire nation in passing yards per game, and with Michael Phoenix Jr. the, the quarterback, he was I think until halfway through there, he was really leading the Heisman Trophy, um, sort of aspects and scenarios. But it got to the point where, yes, they got twelve and zero, and they were ranked. I think he was ranked second in passing yards, but his accuracy went down. He didn't get over the line to get the Heisman. You look at guys like Dylan Johnson for Washington that are going to be a massive threat in this game. But for Texas, they're back here after a while. It's it, it's it's a really interesting situation for them, but they're going up against a Huskies offense that is going to potentially make this potentially a long night for them. Um, 
what what has to be done for them and what are your thoughts ahead of this game? I just don't see anything other than a Washington win here. As much as I'd love to see Texas and Michigan battle it out for the whole thing in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, this game to me is kind of as 50-50 as the other one, to be honest. Um, the, this game's going to yield more points. Um, as I said, you probably need 25 to win the last one. You're going to need 35 to win this one. Um, well, like you will if you're Washington anyway. I can see a world where Texas, you know, kind of suffocate them, uh, suffocate their offense, but that that would be tough to do. Um, yeah, so looking at the ways that these teams can win, Washington can't really run the ball, and Texas are really good at stopping it. So for Washington, this is going to be all down to Michael Phoenix and Romo Dunze on the outside making plays. Um, you know, this is a uh, probably the worst. No, sorry. Uh, probably the best um, defense that they've faced all year in Texas. Um, well, I mean, you can look at Oregon as well, perhaps. But yeah, uh, Oregon, Oregon, or Oregon and Utah, like yeah, Utah especially was really like dinged up by the time they were playing them. Like so, it it's it's it is probably the best team like they're going to play this year. I think. Yeah, and and they've scraped by so many wins. They do have that winning knack that, that TCU had last year. Maybe it's just the purple I'm seeing in both teams, but it feels like they know they know ways to get it done when it really matters. Um, but yeah, this is a like I'm I'm a big Washington fan. I have been all year. They've been my pick to make the playoff all year. Now that they're here, I am sort of rooting for them in this game. But there's a different pedigree that Texas have that uh, and. I mean, you can talk about conference biases and regional biases, but we haven't seen a, a Pac-12 team on this stage yet, and I'm really interested to see how they fare, if there's any real difference. You know, Texas also haven't been here, but Texas kind of have that. It feels like they have a winning mentality and a mentality of big games, and they can step up to the plate. We've seen them win in Tuscaloosa earlier this year, um, and and um, their quarterback, uh does seem to step up to the plate when it really matters. Quinn Ewers, he's been he's been good in the big games. You can obviously look at the Oklahoma game where he struggled, but that was a lot of playing from behind. Uh, speaking from playing from behind, um, Washington are kind of well equipped to do that. Uh, so you know, if Texas get up early in this one, it will be really interesting because Washington are better than anyone at at you know mounting a comeback. It's just the way their offense operates, passing the ball. You know they. They don't work well with the lead. They work well chasing the game. So it'll be interesting to see if that scenario comes to light, who is the better team in that, in that case, because Texas do seem like they have experience in these big games, but Washington are on paper equipped to, to put up big points late on in, in games like this. Um, I have to give Dara his props publicly. I think Dara was harping on about Alabama for about a month as well. So not just Washington, but well done, Dara. Connell, you, you, you've been very interesting with your takes with that conference this year. Washington, um, well, for it's, it's going to be a situation on, on the other side where, where Quinn Ewers has to be protected at all costs to stand any chance. Are you very much in the Washington Brigade as well? Is this a 3 you know for Washington here? Um, I think all year, basically, I've been kind of going against Washington. I've kind of just been like, this will be the game they'll lose. This will be the game they'll lose. This will be the game they'll lose every single time. And they've they've obviously, you know, they're 13 and 0. They've won every single game. And, you know, they have the best passing offense. They managed to get their running game going, especially like later on in the season with Dylan Johnson. He looked really, really good as well. Um, you know, they just have all the offensive talent. You know, they their defense, pass defense, you know, they, it doesn't really 
you know, occur that they do have to defend the pass, but it is, you know, it, it, they're they're solid enough. You know, I, there's they have good, you know, defensive ends like Br- Braylon Trice and Zion Tupeloa Fetui, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, both of them, you know, more than likely going to get drafted this year. Um, it is just like, look, this is going to be another time where I'm going to pick Washington, <laughs> Washington to lose. Um, oh, and yeah. It, yeah, I I think Texas are comparable offensively. There may be like you know just like twenty five percent, just like maybe each player is maybe just a little bit worse. But I think their defense is much better. You know, Tavondre Sweat is one of the best, you know, defensive ends slash D tackle. He can kind of play all along the the defensive line. Like he's really, he's just really good. He's going to be a first round pick this year. I'm fairly certain. Like that team's going to be really good. They have the best run defense as well. So if they need to, if Ping are trying to slow the game down, it's going to be a lot harder for them to do it. Jatavian Sanders at, at tight end as well. One of my favorite players this year. And it, like I, I just think they have it in them. They have the big win this year, you know. Then they'd be playing Bama in the national championship game, which is going to be really fun. In this Texas. is yeah. This is going to be a really high scoring game, and this game is in Louisiana as well, so it's a lot shorter trip for the, the Texas fans rather than the Washington fans. I think they had to actually. There was no direct flights from Washington to Louisiana, so they had to in like they had to. I think it was Alaskan Airlines or something like that had to add flights so that they can get direct to New Orleans or something like that. So um, it's going to be a really fun game. I think this is going to be the higher scoring of the two. Like I would not be surprised if you know Texas went out to like a fourteen nothing lead and then by halftime they were only up by like two or three points. Really, like that's how close this game could be. And I'm going to pick them to win it. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be an interesting game and. Look, I think this is really one of those that you're going to look at in a few years and be like, wow, this was like a proper, like proper classic game that we just watched here. I hope they don't come. I hope they don't become the TCU on the end of January. But this is about that one. <laughs> um, right. That's it. We've, we've, we've looked at both bowl games. I'll just very quickly get 20 seconds from both of you. Are you a fan of opt-outs or not? Like I'll give you a prime example. Notre Dame play. Um, oh my God. Oregon. This week, Oregon State, uh, Oregon State, thirty people have dropped out, but then Jedi Bertrand isn't isn't dropping out either. I think Dara, I think they should be playing the games. It's their college. I understand they've got a future in the NFL, but you wouldn't see it in any other sport, man. Yeah, um, I don't really care that much. Um, I do care about opting out of either your last year of college or a playoff game. Jamar Chase opted out. I didn't like that. Um, Nick Bosa opted Nick out. Of the Bosa, yeah. I didn't like that, but. In terms of like, in all honesty, I'm probably not gonna even watch Notre Dame in Oregon. Um, it's kind of it's kind of sad if you put that way. The only other bowl game I have to read an article, so I, I have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only other bowl game I will watch is uh, Georgia and Florida State. So yeah, please don't opt out of that. Um, Brock Bowers, uh, I don't know if he has yet. I I haven't I haven't seen any stories that he has, but yeah, hoping hoping that uh, there's a full. Full uh, cast to be able for that one, yeah. So, no, the offense don't bother me too much. For me, I think it is like if if someone was playing for like a college that I'd like, and I wanted them to win that game. And I think if you're a coach as well, you probably don't like it because usually like those guys who are opting out are going into the draft. So they're obviously the best players you have. So you want them playing. Cause then that's like, oh, that's going to improve my record. But I think 
just in general, it, it really doesn't matter. Now, I think what's a bigger problem is the transfer portal being open before the season's even closed. Like, um, who is it? Uh, why can't I think of his name? Malik Harrison, Malik something, the Texas backup quarterback. He's transferred away. So the, their backup quarterback, even though they're in the playoff, is I think it's now Arch Manning. I believe he's now their backup quarterback. He was the third choice. Um, but like you shouldn't be able to you leave. <laughs> like you, you shouldn't imagine? be able to leave while your team's in yeah. the playoff. We do, we do need like obviously I don't want anyone to get injured, but that would be unbelievable. Arch Manning coming in his <laughs> his his first game in the playoffs. That would that, imagine Arch Manning versus Nick Saban in the national championship. No, sorry. If if their starting quarterback gets injured, they should lose their place in the playoff and Florida State. Should then <laughs> in the middle of the game, Florida State have to yeah. fly over. Game over. <laughs> no, whoever wins between Florida State and Georgia has to fly over and play yeah. the remainder of the game. How is the Archie boy in 2026? Let's put it that way in the NFL. Uh, in the meantime, you can watch both those bowl games uh, on TV this weekend. We will be back. I can group these boys together for a stream yard stream at some point. Uh, the national championship is in is, is, is on uh, Monday, January the 8th, going into the wee hours of Tuesday morning, so we'll probably put something out um, Thursday or Friday before that so you can actually listen to it and, and get our such expert and interesting picks. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't wait to see it. And, and then that's it. That's the season finale before I then bribe these boys off screen to talk about the draft in some some sort of episodes anyway for now um going along it lads happy new year yeah enjoy it uh, and folks enjoy the bowl games enjoy everything over the next few days before you know it we'll be sitting in march and there'll be no more football apart from spring football which we're not going to talk about but we do have something cool coming up that i haven't even told these boys if they want to come on because it's college football related and jim naggy is going to come on in three weeks so big up to jim senior bulls on soon as well it probably does make more sense having these boys on it maybe that could be the season finale but chat to you soon 